Do you like aliens, UFOs, cryptids, and the supernatural? What about self-defecating humor? Uh, actually, it's self-deprecating humor. Well, you may both be right. Alien Theorist Theorizing is a comedy podcast that examines cases like Roswell, Bigfoot, or the Atacama Alien. If any of these topics pique your interest, subscribe to Alien Theorist Theorizing free anywhere you find podcasts or go to alientheorists.com. Hey everybody, it's Joe Trippy, and welcome back to a special guest episode of That Trippy Show. We're doing something different occasionally on Tuesdays. We aren't always talking politics, but bringing on guests who are doing interesting things. And today, I want to welcome an old and dear friend of mine. He is the Greek Minister of Digital Governance, Kyriako Periakakis. He is currently working to transform Greece's digital infrastructure and make the government more connected to its citizens. And I, I got to say this from the beginning. We're, we're old friends. We met first at Harvard when he was a student there. Uh, and then uh, later, he was instrumental in uh, having me invited to speak uh, at uh, TED Athens in Greece. And so he's always been at the forefront, I think, of digital uh, and how it can transform things. Minister... Kariako Perakakis, thanks for being with us today. Thank you so much, Joe. I think that we can speak each other without the official titles, I guess, we <laughs> for quite some time. Uh, yeah. Needless to say, you pronounced my name right, which is excellent. <laughs> well, it took several attempts. No, <laughs> but listen, I, I the reason I'm so excited about uh, I we visited. I what I was in in Athens uh, visiting with you about uh, two weeks ago. You were telling me all, you know, I was so impressed with all the things that you've accomplished in the short time you've been uh, a digital governance minister. And I think it's so advanced uh, in a lot of ways beyond what we're doing in government here in the United States and, and any other, uh, a lot of the other governments that I'm familiar with. And I thought, uh, man, people really need to see what, what you're doing in Greece. It's pretty impressive. So can you just explain to the audience for a little bit about what you've been working on, what you've accomplished uh, uh, since you've been, uh, since uh, Prime Minister Mitsotakis has been been in power. Well, we've been in power, as you said, uh, uh, Prime Minister Mitsotakis and his cabinet uh, for a bit more than the last two years. Uh, it's uh, an ongoing effort uh, to simplify and digitize the interaction between the state and the citizen. I mean, Joe, you know uh, Greece quite very well uh, since the early 90s, I think. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know that Greek citizens have been facing uh, significant levels of red tape and bureaucracy. And uh, yeah. what we tried to achieve was using simple digital technologies, the way you were instrumental in uh, injecting digital in U.S. American campaigns. We tried to do a similar thing. We tried to inject it in this interaction between the state and the citizen to change, uh, I would say, the overall experience that citizens have from the state. And uh, it has been working quite well in a very challenging period, the period of COVID-19. COVID-19 also rendered this project uh, from necessary to absolutely essential, absolutely necessary. The state had to continue working as businesses had to continue working and ensure business continuity. The Greek state had to ensure state continuity. So the key project here was A, the creation of a new organization, a new ministry of digital governance responsible for 
horizontally changing those processes, those steps that citizens uh, face when they're interacting with the state in a bureaucratic event. Say a child is born and you need to declare uh, the child's name or you lose someone that you love or you need to renew your driver's license. All of those uh, processes require a series of steps. So we try to simplify those steps. And the key reform there was the creation of a government portal, gov.gr. Uh, and the idea was that all the interactions, all the services of the state shouldn't be offered in the various websites of the various ministries, ministry A, B, C, D. Uh, they should be at a portal uh, centrally. And you could just upload your new services there and the citizens could just visit one uh, website. Uh, and uh, we started in March 2020. We aggregated, actually, it coincided with the first lockdown of COVID-19, which I think symbolically wow. is very, very interesting. We aggregated the pre-existing services of the Greek state on day one. Uh, those, they were 501 services, which we were offering digitally already in the various websites of ministries. But I have to say, citizens typically lacked knowledge over the fact that those services existed exactly because they were hidden in the various websites. Because they were in so many different places. I see what you're exactly. saying, yes. So now, uh, a year and a half, a bit more than a year and a half later, we have 1,270 services offered by the government portal. And uh, uh, this is the one number I will be citing. And the second number I will be citing, the second change, let's say, is in the overall volume of digital interactions that citizens have with the Greek state. And uh, as one interaction, it counts as a visit not made physically uh, in uh, public service. So the number in 2019 was 8.8 .8 million. So in 2018, Greek citizens uh, used digital services and didn't visit uh, physically the various Greek public services 8.8 .8 million times. In 2019, that number was 34 million. In 2020, that number was 94 million. And in the first semester only of 2021, in six months, it's 150 million. So we're easily expecting uh, more than 300 uh, million visits not made uh, physically. And this is, as you very well know, it's a classical exponential curve. Uh, and uh, this process is continuing. And we feel that it has a lot of implications uh, in the overall experience of citizens uh, with, uh, with our government and uh, with the Greek state. Yeah, that's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, because it seems to me with, with so many people in democracies around the world losing you know, losing faith in government or not being connected, feeling like they're not connected to their government or what does government do for me? That's what impressed me because what you, when I visited with you, it's, it, it's clear that people, the more connected they feel, the more they can, the, those 150 million visits um, in one place to find the services they need and get them must be, you must be finding that pretty important in terms of how people uh, view the government. I, I saw it when I was I would get in a, a taxi cab in Athens and the, the cab driver would talk, talk to me about how impressive they thought the government had changed things by these digital services. I, it, I mean, they would. I, that's when I first went like, whoa, something is happening here. When you start hearing it from a cab driver. Not just one, but several. The, the, every time I jumped, they're done. That's the absolute test, I have to say. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> it's true. So it just seems to me that, that here in the States, thinking about that, we have all these different websites for different departments. Um, no one knows where to go. I mean, this is it, it seems like just the portal idea on its own 
uh, is pretty significant uh, to to providing that connection between uh, citizens and their government. Absolutely. The portal idea worked miracles, even on day one when we aggregated the pre-existing services. And uh, this, this was obvious because we were receiving lots of emails and lots of messages by citizens saying, wow, I didn't know the service previously existed. So even the aggregation itself plays a significant role. But I, I think that, you know, you went directly to the core, uh, the, polit- the core, the political implication, the nucleus of this debate, which is trust. If you deploy digital technologies properly uh, in the way in which you design public services, uh, they have a lot of potential. They have the potential to limit inequality vis-a-vis access to public services, because obviously, if you have a lot of bureaucracy and this requires a lot of time to invest in order be able to interact with the state. Not every citizen has that time uh, disposable, has that time available to to spend, or neither do they want it to spend it in the various state services. It's very good for transparency, uh, obviously. Uh, It's very good about uh, helping people with disabilities, helping Greeks who live abroad, in our case. And at the end of the day, those services delivered in a proper manner, in a swift manner, and in a transparent manner, increases the stock of trust that citizens have vis-a-vis the way in which they perceive the state. Uh, And we have seen that, again, in a very challenging period, the period of the pandemic, where the states were tested all over the world. So uh, obviously, I would say that there is a lesson there. I mean, uh, we were inspired to the creation of the portal uh, by the UK example, actually. Uh, In 2011, the government digital service in the United Kingdom created gov.uk, Uh, So this was an inspiration for us, but uh, obviously we translated, let's say, this reform, this portal idea in our own terms, in our own context, because reforms, as you very well know, they're a lot like transplants. You need to have a donor-receiver compatibility. You cannot just copy-paste away uh, everything. And um, in the U.S. case, uh, because the institutional structure is different, uh, you have the federal level, the state level, the local level with specific uh, responsibilities at every level. The federal level perhaps should consider the creation of a similar portal uh, for the services that the federal government is offering, and the same for every state uh, amongst the 50 states of the U.S. We believe that this works miracles because at the end of the day, if you think of what the state is, you know, it's structures, processes, and human resources, right? Three things. So our job is the second thing, processes horizontally look at every process of the state, you know, put down all the core life events from the birth of a child to the passing of a loved one. And in between that time frame, you have, you know, hundreds of events, as I mentioned, renewal of driver's license, you know, getting married, buying a house. So what we're doing in this ministry is that we have put down all those events and the number of steps and the specific steps in each one of those events. And when you have many steps, basically this means that the way in which the state has designed services is not citizen-centric, it's state-centric. You know, But there, there you have the problem, Joe. The state is yeah. telling you that it's not one. The state is not designing services from the citizen's point of view, from the citizen's perspective. So this is the premise of digital technology, and I would say the premise of a role of public interest technology. Design services in a citizen-centric manner. And this is also what we tried to do with the vaccination process. Yeah, I was going to ask you, how did COVID, did COVID help this? I mean, in a lot of ways, I understood it was a challenge uh, for the government. But at the same time, it, it, it seems that this came, that your innovation here of the, of the uh, portal uh, and the services and, your, and your look, the way you look at it, it was sort of made possible in a lot of ways by 
COVID, right? I mean, by people needing to find uh, other ways than meeting, than going in in person for services, or am I, am I wrong about that? Well, citizens have been asking for uh, for you know, better services and digital services for for many years. So I would claim that this is something that overall, you know, it was at the core of the government's agenda. The prime minister himself, actually, and I think this is interesting, in a previous government of Nea Democratia uh, in 2013-2014, he held the post of Minister of Administrative Reform and had digital within the portfolio. But in reality, the prime minister himself, when he was leader of the opposition, acknowledged that we needed a new ministry. So it's quite interesting that symbolically he abolished the ministry that he previously ran in order to create a new organization from scratch, which would govern digital horizontally across the government. And as you very well know, governments are quite better at vertical policies, you know, health right. education, rather than horizontal policies. They can be a huge challenge. And digital has been a challenge in that, you know, in that manner overall throughout the world, not only in Greece. But uh, COVID-19, in a sense, accelerated things because it, uh, it rendered them absolutely necessary. You know, when we had lockdowns and we had uh, very difficult measures to cope with, certain services needed to continue working. So we needed to deliver the services much more quickly. So, you know, when people kept asking us, what's your strategy uh, when we're developing those services, we were, we were in the position to reply that basically our strategy is delivery. Our strategy is yeah. to deliver those services as quickly as possible. So... In reality, the key challenge here on digital, uh, if you look at COVID overall, uh, was the development of the vaccination platform at some point. And this was a challenge in the United States. Uh, it was a challenge in every state, actually, in the United States. It was a challenge in every country. How do you develop uh, a vaccination system that basically creates predictability? Uh, every citizen who is eligible knows that she or he is eligible. They can book their appointment. They will go to the vaccination center, which is predefined. And they will not face long lines of people in the vaccination right. center. You know, they will be vaccinated at the, at the time uh, that the appointment states. So we viewed this as an experiment in reality because we we felt, and this this is why this was perceived as a success, that the vaccination system is not only about the vaccine; it's about everything. So we knew that it would act as a service design symbol in a way, because our message after afterwards, well, you know, citizens felt that this worked quite well, was that, look, what you saw is not only about the vaccine, it's basically about everything. Every service of the government, every service of the Greek state can be like that and shall be like that. Uh, so it was a multi-channel approach to very briefly describe it. We had two digital channels. The first one was obviously a platform, which looked like an airline booking platform. You booked your two appointments for the vaccine, right. uh, with the exception of Johnson's vaccine, which was a single appointment. We had a second digital channel, which was an e-prescription platform, which we had previously designed. Uh, you know, we started this again in 2020. Citizens received their prescriptions on their mobile phones and went to the pharmacy stores. We instrumentalized this platform, this e-prescription system, and we basically said to citizens that, look, if you're enrolled in the e-prescription system, and 2.6 million Greeks out of 10.7 million are, you, when you have your mobile phone, we have your zip code, basically uh, just wait for a message. You don't need to log in any platform. You will receive a message when you're eligible and you just need to say yes or no to the proposed appointment on the basis of your declared address. So this was the second digital channel. And we had two non-digital channels. Uh, the citizen service centers in the country are around a thousand. 
And we also use the pharmacy stores, which unlike the US mm -hmm. are many. We have 11,000 pharmacy stores. They look, they have an SME structure. So basically we had a four channel approach. I think that the most interesting part of this equation at the end was, that, was the fact that we didn't use call centers. Uh, we felt that they would fail, uh, which they did uh, in the places where they worked, especially on the first days when specific population groups became eligible because everybody called at the same time, basically. Uh, and uh, we felt that this would create a sense of not good quality of service. Uh, okay. So overall, you know, you can see how, even though it's about digital, it's not about digital. Digital is the means. It's not the goal. It's service design. It's this, it's citizen-centric state services. And this right. is and state centric. Uh, uh, that's one of those interesting things that, that you said. If you start designing this from the citizens' perspective and what steps they need to take and how you can digitize, make that digital not require visits, move them along the steps so they can quickly do it, understand where they need to go and get the services, that's a lot different than most governments have viewed it um, up till now. And, and if you design it from the state, down uh, through the, what makes the process. I, I think the trust can't be there. It has to be to do the citizen-centric, uh, uh, from a, you know, do the process from the citizen's perspective and make it work for them. That builds trust, that builds the connection. That's what really struck me. Uh, across Greece, when I was there, it just seemed that something had really changed. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I, I As you know, we've talked about it. I've been... Uh, uh, actively involved in Greece uh, since early, early 90s. And uh, and so I, I've come often, you and I have met each other often uh, uh, in wonderful places in Athens. And uh, and it just, it was clear to me that something really, really uh, had changed in the last year or two since I was there. And it was also clear, like I said, from talking to the taxi drivers, just literally in a cafe, people would be talking about, uh, I remember you and I at one point having a conversation like four or five, six years ago about, uh, about uh, you know, Square or how you could uh, digitize the, the transactions at cash registers in, in Greece, you know, and help move it to, to uh, 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 forward. And it's clear, not that technology, but it's clear that what you've, you've done is doing that. It's just amazing to see. And I think that it's quite interesting, you know, as an experiment that uh, it, it takes, I think, uh, you know, nimbleness and speed and it takes, you know, understanding processes. And sometimes, you know, in, innovation is not equal to invention. It doesn't necessarily uh, require that you need to reinvent the wheel to deliver those services. You just need, you know, in a very nimble manner to you know, put down all the steps entailed and redesign everything from the citizen's perspective. Uh, you know, businesses do that. For, for decades. Uh, they call it business processor engineering. Uh, in reality here, we're doing state processor engineering. Mm -hmm. We're engineering the way the state offers its services. And the digital technologies necessary to deliver this are extremely simple. Uh, you know, what struck me though, when we were you know, designing those new services, is that you know, even though we're using some technological solutions which are more sophisticated, you know, public cloud services, uh, blockchain, et cetera, right. in reality, a simple SMS, a simple message from the state, uh, and I have one specific example. Uh, citizens, uh, you know, in, in various discussions, anecdotal discussions, or uh, even focus groups, uh, what what they kept saying as a manifestation of change 
that the state changed in the way it offers its services was the fact that when they were receiving their first jab of the vaccine in the vaccination centers, they were automatically receiving an SMS telling them when their second appointment is uh, and where. Uh, and this happened like in seconds. You know, you, you had already received your first dose of the vaccine and you had already received the message telling you your second appointment is taking place there and there, then and there. And citizens felt as if the state is indeed delivering when this is happening. Right. So this is, there you have a very simple, quite old technology, but the way in which you deploy it changes the way a citizen understands the state and the way it offers its services. Same with the portal. On day one, you aggregate pre-existing things. Even the aggregation itself is a message. It's the message that, the, you know, when the state is telling you, you need to visit six different public services or 10 different public services and circulate paper between those services from guichet or, you know, service A to service B, service C. In reality, in reality the state is telling you, I'm not a single state. I have multiple facets. I'm not, it's, you know, you're circulating documents. What needed to change is, is a principle which is actually implemented in Estonia, which I think is quite interesting. The, Estonia is perceived to be the most digital of states, as you know. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. It's a smaller state than Greece. Uh, but they have a principle called once only. And this principle basically means that once you have given your data to the state, the state doesn't ask for the same data again. As long as you say that it's okay that the state uses right. your data in a specific interaction that you have with its services, it uses them. It doesn't ask you again and again and again for the same paper. It tells you that I can use the data that you already gave me one year back or two years back, as right. long as it hasn't changed. So this principle is now becoming a European principle. The European Commission has endorsed it. And it's a principle certainly in this government. And, uh, you know, the higher the need, there was a study done by the OECD in Greece before the financial crisis. It's an old study, uh, 2006, I think. And it calculated that uh, the cost of administrative burdens, the cost of bureaucracy, of excess bureaucracy, to the Greek GDP was equal to 6.8% of GDP. It was the highest amongst OECD members. And this was before the financial crisis when we had a higher GDP. So, you know, we're trying to reverse engineer, in a sense, this number, uh, which reverse engineers a bad experience. Right. that citizens have been having with our state services for decades. And the bigger the problem, the higher the benefit, and the, high, and the better the impression vis-a-vis -vis the change that is taking place on the ground. So, look, you, uh, you've gone to school in the, in the United States at Harvard. Uh, you know the country quite well, I know, from, from talking to you. I, first, two questions. The first one is... Um, did, did that influence you at all, or was, were there any U.S. influences in terms of technology, you know, from the past that uh, that inspired you, you know, to move into this and and, and get to uh, to build things the way you're building them today? And the, the the second one is, what advice, knowing our system, that you would give to regulators and uh, uh, you know government officials, members of Congress in the U.S. to develop a portal or to ch change the way, to lower the bureaucracy the way you, you're doing doing it in Greece right now? Well, the influences were many. Uh, and uh, if I were to quote one, it wouldn't be an obvious one. Um, the way in which we tried to assemble and, and create a new organization 
when we were doing that with uh, with the prime minister, when he was leader of the opposition, with my associates who became uh, key members of, uh, of this ministry, deputy ministers, general secretaries, believe it or not, was the creation of the Department of Homeland Security uh, back uh, a couple of decades back, which, you know, in effect, the problem that we're trying to solve is similar, right? You have many uh, intelligence organizations or many yeah. organizations responsible for homeland security, and you try to bring everyone at a much larger scale, of course, in the United States. And after uh, after a significant crisis, you try to bring everything under a single roof. You know, in similar terms and at a much smaller scale. In reality, we had many digital organizations in the various ministries, and we tried to bring all these organizations again under a single roof. And the challenges regardless of the of the scale or the scope of this work, are similar. How do you create a new culture? Uh, how do you ingrain right. this in the various entities of this new organization? How do you deliver change very quickly? How do you create how how do you limit uh, competition between the various pre-existing entities? How do you you know create a new mold of policy through this organization? So this was a challenge for day zero, actually, not for day one, because this ministry was created you know, one day after the election, effectively. And we endowed it uh, with uh, uh, with new responsibilities, interoperability to connect the various data sets of the state, et cetera. So we had to study all available case studies. And uh, needless to say, many were American. And uh, if I were to to answer the second question that uh, you that you posed, there's a very interesting book uh, which I which I read uh, from two researchers from the New America Foundation called Power to the Public: uh, The Promise of Public Interest Technology um, by Hannah Shank and uh, Tara McGuinness. Actually, I actually made a presentation uh, to both uh, researchers. Uh, a couple of months back, uh, because this book is exactly about what we're trying to do here. The, the concept was that the United States should um, try to deliver, uh, you know, better services using digital technology at every level of government. And, you know, they have aggregated interesting case studies from the various U.S. states, uh, and they're trying to say, how do you aggregate and how do you cohesively uh, deliver new services? I think there's a lesson there. And the way in which you will do it is different in every country, depending on the country, depending on the institutional characteristics, the culture, et cetera. But at the end of the day, the KPI, as we say in management, the key performance indicator, the goal that you should set is similar. Try to change the way you're offering services, use simple digital technologies, be innovative, and you know, rewire the services, uh, the various steps that they require so that you make them a single step process rather than a five step process or a 10 step process. You know, citizens are in dire need of better services and it's not that difficult to redesign them. It's not that difficult to deliver them. Well, you've been doing a hell of a job at doing that. I've been watching you and it's been a, a fun watching you rise uh, to this position and, and seeing what you've accomplished. Uh, I, I only hope uh, that we can talk uh, your prime minister to loaning you to our government <laughs> seriously because we we need uh, this kind of insight uh, i hope uh, i'm going to try to get as many uh, uh, of them to listen uh, to this podcast and hopefully uh, reach out to you uh, uh, i uh, you know Kariako, i can't can't thank you enough for being with us on uh, today's podcast and uh, and explaining what's happening in greece it's really transformational and you're providing a, a totally different way of looking at providing services uh, using digital technology. 
Well, Joe, thank you so much. Uh, it has been a joy speaking to you as always. And uh, needless to say, we have a lot of work here. So <laughs> it will be continuing. Well, I, I, I know that, but I, I do, I seriously, you know, I've been uh, uh, in several other countries that could use uh, uh, use the advice, uh, even by making a trip over to Greece and uh, and sitting down with, with you and others in, in, in your department. So, uh, Congratulations on what you're doing. Thank you so much uh, for uh, being with us. Folks, it's all Greek to me, but you should go to gov.gr, take a look at the at the site and what they're building there, the services, uh, uh, so that you get an idea of what Kariako has been talking about. Don't forget, please subscribe to that trippy show and leave a review on Apple or wherever you listen. And please do share this uh, this podcast with a friend. I think this is a, a message of hope in a lot of ways about how government can build trust, how we can build better services, how we can build a deeper connection with citizens between the government and its people. Um, and we all know that in these political times, that would be a good thing to build that trust. Kariako has been doing that in Greece. Um, and I hope you will spread the message uh, of this podcast so others will, will learn it. Uh, you can always send us a question to that trippy show at gmail.com or leave us a question in the review section on iTunes. See you next time. Thanks, Carrie.